Welcome to Commerza Business Show. This is the show of Commerza GOC International, PTY Limited. We are looking at uh, business plans that work. And I would like us to start part A by looking at the origin of your business and its projected life cycle. Many a times we uh, come across people that have decided to become entrepreneurs and in many cases they orientate from the point of offering services and solutions to resolve problems and challenges in the society. In this series, I would like us to focus very much on the design, the planning, and the decisive steps that we need to take to make our business happen by plan rather than by default. You are welcome to be in touch with us and stay in conversation at all times as we will be uh, uh, unpacking uh, uh, this topic, business plans that work um, part by part. You can visit our website at www.commerza-goc.com. We often encourage you to also drop us a mail at call center at commerza-goc.com. Call center is spelled C-A-L-L-C-E-N-T-R-E and it is at commerza-goc.com. Commerza is spelled C-O-M-E-T-S-A and is hyphen G-O-C.com. You are welcome to contact us should you want us to have a much more deeper engagement with you and the topic. And our telephone, if you're calling from South Africa, the number is 072-376-7503. If you are calling us from outside South Africa, please start dialing the country code plus 27 and then followed by the numbers. 72376-7503. I have been involved in entrepreneurship coaching. And I've come across a number of people that have decided to become entrepreneurs, but they've not really applied their mind to the lifestyle of an entrepreneur and to the logical steps and phases uh, that a company or a business undergo before it becomes a reality. And I thought that before we go into the more traditional chapters of a business plan, perhaps we should talk about the origin of your business and its projected life cycle. I'm encouraging the entrepreneurs to imagine the life cycle of their business that they are about to start. Visualize it and map the logical steps and attach time frames to each stage. 
it is always fascinating to ask people to share with you about the point at which an idea to be an entrepreneur or to start a business was generated. And often it's a story, and it's often triggered by something that came out of nowhere. And I always refer to this as first step or stage of entrepreneurship or enterprise formation is ideas generation. Often it takes a very long time, but on average it should be a period of a year, 12 months, during which a person is grappling with the idea generation and asking themselves a lot of questions because often when such ideas come, you're probably preoccupied with something like being employed or struggling to survive or studying or perhaps on a tour globally or locally. And you pick up a challenge in the society and you decide that that type of a challenge could be solved by somebody who starts an enterprise. In South Africa, typically today, it could be a government saying that we're encouraging people to start businesses and we'll support them and by so doing, hopefully, they'll provide solutions and answers to the problems that are troubling the society. My take on this is that no one can create an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is not created by anybody. An entrepreneur is 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 jump started by a desire inside them to do something about something that makes them uncomfortable in the society or by the opportunity that is laying, lying there and hanging and waiting to be kept waiting to be captured any period that goes beyond 12 months is too long before idea is taken to the next stage which I call ideas development. And this is a point at which you're engaging with that particular idea. You're asking a lot of questions. You're probably not getting answers. You're doing a little bit of research. You're speaking to other people and asking them if they see what you are seeing. If you are very organized, you're probably attending conferences, workshops, exhibitions, trade fairs, researching the social media, Google, and uh, finding out if there's nobody that is already doing that. And often when that is not the case in your local environment, in your country, that then tells you that that's an opportunity to investigate. You spend one year engaging with the idea. You could spend another one year developing that idea, verifying it, and making sure that indeed it has the potential to become something. We then go to the next stage, which is converting the ideas into a concept. Now, again, if you are very disciplined, 
you will not want idea to be hanging out in the cloud. You will want it to be somehow captured in a document, in pictures or in videos, but that is phase or step three. We call it converting the ideas into a concept. This is a very delicate part or stage of enterprise development. And I will always want to encourage people, rather than rushing it, to test case it and, and, and really check if this is something that is done to continuously exciting them, inspiring them, and making them wake up in the middle of the night and work throughout because it's something that speaks to them. It is something that speaks to their life purpose. They enjoy doing it. And they feel that it, they are doing it not because of money that they are going to make out of it, but because they just love and enjoy doing it. And therefore, I will give it two years. Because first you need to really test it. You first have to, to convince yourself. First, you have to answer too many questions, whether you are not running a risk that will be destructive to your professional career. Often you have to consult with other people, the loved ones, as to whether they will support you, especially if you are likely to fail or in the first years or you are likely to spend and waste money. That is also the resource that they depend on. Once you spend the time testing it and you realize that this is something that really, really keep you awake at night, even your subconscious mind is starting to support you around it, then you will move it to the next stage, which is a really formidable stage in my view, the most enjoyable stage, when you convert your idea into a concept paper. So first you convert it into a concept, but now you're writing it down and you're producing models and samples and, 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 and concept papers that could even be a source of proof of ownership for you. That could also take another year. Because depending on the nature of a business, you might not have the competency to develop that concept paper especially if it's scientific or it's a complex type of an idea. You might have to get professionals to do that for you. Some people go as far as starting to launch websites that will present the idea, especially if there's no danger or risk of losing the IP of that idea. After a year, we'll then want to encourage you to spend another year figuring out if there are any features of your idea or the concept that, that may justify you to register an IP to this. Now, at this stage, that concept, that idea is bankable. And some people, like Mark Shuttleworth in South Africa, their IP became investable uh, 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 venture that actually they sold to other people and made money and remained millionaires for life. So therefore you shouldn't take it for granted that the protection of your concept, especially by registering intellectual property with the CIPC in terms of South Africa or 
any other authority in other countries. It's not a way. This is not a waste of time. This is very, very important. It could also be that you don't register it, but you conduct yourself in a way that that concept is identifiable with you by posting a number of stories in social media, by digitalizing the, the, the paper, by putting, it, putting a mark on it that says to everybody that this particular concept belongs to, to, to so-and-so. That could be a year minimum, in my view. So we've already really spent one, two, three, four, plus two, six years of really just moving from idea generation to protection of an idea. Why this is so important, and more so in our country in South Africa where we are encouraging people not to become self-employed, but to become entrepreneurs, meaning that they have to develop entities that will outlive their time and leave a legacy for the generation after us. These early stages of entrepreneurship development are very, very critical. And when we go into details of a business plan, a business plan has to happen because there is a concept, there is an idea, and there is an organization. Hence, we're moving now, after these six years, into the very crucial stage of entrepreneurship development, which is developing the organization. And I will give it on average three years to really fully develop an organization from paper to entity. This includes putting systems in place, producing uh, uh, brochures, flyers, documentation, that start to represent the organization, producing the brands, the logos, the flyers, the website, and in as far as producing the pricing models of the services and the solutions and perhaps the products that you're going to be offering, and deciding whether you're going to be manufacturing these products or you're going to buy them whether you're going to be a wholesaler or you're going to be a retailer, or whether you're going to be doing a business-to-business -business type of, of, of trade, B2B, or it is going to be business-to-consumer, B2C. Coming up with the business operating model, which is basically determining and defining how you create value for your clients, and grow your business. This goes as far as putting together policies and pro pro products, hiring people who are specialists, investing money, hoping that what you put into that project is going to produce return on investment over time. At this point in time, you are so convinced that your idea is bankable and you yourself are prepared to throw resources into it before you could invite investors and funders to come into play. Because they will only come if you have demonstrated that you have a faith in your own creation by throwing in your own resources. This also includes developing the organization structure, the organization structure that responds to the operating model 
and, of course, ultimately putting together, hopefully, the first five years organization strategy. And this is really the, 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 the reality happening. Because if you put together the first five-year organization strategy and, and you successfully implement that strategy and you survive the first five years, that means you have really been successful because it has been proven by research that the first five years of any organizations are the most difficult ones. And organizations that survive the first five years tend to survive permanently. We then, after those three years of developing the organization, we go into the next stage, which on average is five years, wherein you are announcing yourself. And we call it introducing the organization to the public. This suggests, therefore, that the first nine years of your organization formation has been happening behind the scenes. Yes, there might have been people that have heard about it. You might have been investing money, losing money, and in the meantime, you also could have just perhaps been, been, been practicing in the market, but not necessarily calling yourself an organization. But we are now arriving at the point where you are confident that the organization is, is clear about what it wants. You have produced a strategy where the vision and the mission and values of the organizations, the goals and objectives are clear. The products have been identified. You have, uh, you have systems and functions and, 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 and plans are in place. You're now saying to the market, and the public that you are here. The starting point is in the business plan, is the mastering of the marketing and sales funnel because we believe very strongly that it is advantageous to have a marketing and sales plan in place before you can really have the complete business plan. Because if, if you're not selling, you are not in business. And therefore, the marketing and sales plan is supposed to be a plug-in into your overall business plan. The, the marketing and sales funnel is a concept whereby you're really channeling all your potential clients into the funnel and slowly work through to make sure that the, at least 10% of the 100% that you will have excited about your offerings could be converted into sales. You're producing in this stage marketing and promotion materials. You're going on roadshows. You participate in the market. You tell people about your arrival. And you do the corporate marketing plus products and services and solutions marketing. And in today's times, this could mean being present in the cyberspace having social media accounts like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, podcast, you name it. And you are visible and over time, slowly, you are developing a clientele. And as people start to, 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 to come into contact with your product, 
they slowly start trading. But you are not really making money. You haven't really reached the point of break even because it is still an investment stage of your business. But your online store website is in place. Your organization's corporate website is in place. You could be having the podcasts and many other hooked up into your main website. You are just educating and informing people about your company. And if you are lucky, some people will commit and start buying your products. And that's why your marketing and sales team at this point ought to be in place. Or you ought to have systems that will capture the potential clients and convert them into sales. After that, naturally all organizations will enter the growth phase. This, in my view, is the longest phase of every organization. 10 to 20 years, if not more. Organizations stay in growth for as long as there is a need, there is a demand for their services and solutions, and they've got the right structures and systems and processes to respond to those demands and needs without actually losing money and running the organization bankrupt. In the growth phase, you are still flying on the original products. You have the original equipment manufacturers, OEMs being introduced, not necessarily replacing your products, but but, but complementing your products. And... uh, the OEMs wanting to develop, deploy their products through you because you have got a clientele, you have presence, you have brand, and you have following, and therefore people trust in your brand that any product that you put on the platform, on the market, will, will succeed. You are having associates and partnerships that are assisting you in the servicing of the market, In some instances, you are even trading on licenses. And if you are really very strong, you could even become a franchisor and launch a franchise program where some franchisees in foreign markets trade under your name with your support and you are just collecting franchise fees. Or it could also be just license fees. You probably have your own research laboratories where you test case your products, make them remain relevant or introduce new products or modifications to your products so that you don't actually become irrelevant to your market. You probably then have manufacturing sites that are belonging to you. You have warehouse, logistics, and distribution more channels that make sure that your products reach the market in time. You're constantly innovative, you're creative, introducing modifications in new, 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 new solutions and new products. And you, your products, at the same time, they are becoming very standard. They participate in standard-generating bodies globally and following the ISO standards and others. And, and, of course, you are no longer fashionable anymore. It is, it is during this phase that organizations already work in ahead of times in looking at the areas in which they can diversify into so that they don't become irrelevant. 
the, the Kodak story is the story that is a warning to every organization that you must not be caught sleeping by changes that are coming your way. You could also be growing organically, but at the same time, through measures and acquisitions to remain relevant, especially if the brand is very strong. You're probably going into new foreign markets, and in some markets you might be going out, but that is replaced by new markets where your product is demanded, and you could also at the same time be welcoming new investors during this growth phase, and you are a, probably a reputable corporate citizen doing sponsorships, donations, and funding, and you see it as your duty to support the communities from which your workers are coming from and in which your manufacturing and plants are located. And you are replicating yourself. So the growth phase, as I said, is the longest phase, but it could even be less longer than the next phase, which is the maturity phase. Organizations that have matured, they are authority in their markets. They have almost reached a stage where their products, services, and solutions are identical to their name. You can name examples like Coca-Cola, IBM, uh, Microsoft, Companies like Pepsi Cola, these are big, big brands uh, that are synonymous with their markets and, and solutions and products. At this stage of maturity phase, which could become another 50 years to 100 years, you are not wanting, but you are a reality. And at this stage, you should be planning for, for when the maturity phase expires and thinking about how to extend another 50, 100 years. You're probably bruised. You've made your mistakes. You've made your successes. You are the most spoken about, quoted about by the business schools and consultants and everybody else there is that talks about enterprise or businesses. You have made your lessons and experience. You are a seasoned player in the market and you are a trendsetter and you are the most benchmarked. Your old products and services and solutions keep on replicating themselves. They are offered under license. They are almost like organizations on their own, on their own. And the main objective is to keep them constantly relevant. Your products are synonymous with your name or the name of your organization. And you investing in a new generation of organizations, you are acquiring organizations, you are buying product lines, you are just as as dynamic as organizations like Unilever, which large uh, list, a big list of products. You renew yourself, 
like such organization as name. You thrive on your strength of the brand, your brand equity, brand loyalty, and emotionally are just attracting people. When you are involved, people have confidence. This is the, so the, the maturity phase and the growth phase are the longest phase of any organization. But when you start the organization from the beginning, you ought to have that in mind. To say that I have to survive these early stages because once I reach the growth phase and the maturity phase, I could be in existence for close to 100 to 500 years. Because if you continue renewing yourself, there's no reason for you to enter this next phase, which is the most scary phase, and that is the decline phase or the renewal phase. So, so this next phase, we, we look at it as one phase. It could be renewal or a decline phase. It takes a long time for organizations to complete the whole process of decline, but also it takes a very long time for organizations to successfully renew themselves. Sometimes that renewal could involve changing the sectors completely, changing the product line completely, and totally entering the new sectors or even entering the new regions and the new markets. And even some companies go as far as just relocating and leaving a particular market and register in other, in other regions of the world. All these are decisions that the leaders of organizations have to take. Some organizations are known by the countries in which they were established, but they are not necessarily national companies anymore, but they are global multinationals with global regional head offices and various products being strong in various markets to a point where the people of those various countries don't even see these companies as being what they were originally aware uh, or where they were found. So the, this renewal and deadline stage is a natural stage that will ultimately come but it's opportunity for organizations to renew themselves or if really the product was very much time-bound, then they decline and, and reinvest into new business completely, even change names. So it will always come. So it is a crossroad between two routes. One is a renewal road, another one is a decline road. Companies like Siemens are some of the few companies that continue to exist over 500 years and probably they have seen so many phases of renewal and decline. And it's not actually probably, I am aware of that. They were started as a telecommunications company, they became engineering companies and today they are investing in the renewable energy and they are definitely becoming the force in smart cities and they are investing in the new technologies, especially fourth industrial revolutions and renewable energies without necessarily eroding the brand. So the first hundred years is a huge hurdle for many organizations and once achieved the rest is really doable. So the brand's historical achievements is indeed an asset for any organization that wants to survive the renewal and deadline phase.
If you were to go the Deadline Road, it's really, really the end of the road. And it's a very emotional thing to experience, and no one wants to be associated with the era during which a company will enter the Deadline and ultimately disappear from the surface of the earth. But there are many Fortune 100 companies that existed 10 years ago that there are no more, that are no more today. So they, 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 they change ownership, they are bought by other organizations, and then they just made to disappear from the surface of the earth. They dissolved. It is very emotional and devastating. So what am I saying? I'm saying that if you have decided to become an entrepreneur, you must know that the enterprise that you are establishing must be developed and, 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 and established in such a way that it outlives you. However, there's very little you can do to save it from going through any of these stages that I've stated. But at least if you project its life cycle and you do everything that you do in anticipation of all these stages, you shall have started a foundation that the generation after you will take over. So I hope this has been very insightful and it lays the foundation for part B, which will be the beginning of the series on various chapters of the business plans. And we shall have assume that the organization model is all now in place and we are really having a strategy and ours is now to put together a business plan, which is a year-in-year-out plan that will focus on various chapters. And the next uh, series, which will be part B, or the next episode, which will be part B, uh, on this topic, which is business plans that work, we will be looking at the components or the sections of a business description. Any entrepreneur or executive or a business person that is not able to describe their business is not going to make it. This first part of a business plan is what will make you be able to deliver what we call the elevator speech, a five-second speech that will sell your organization to strangers that you meet. In this case, for instance, in an elevator or at the airport or in the aeroplane as you are embarking, disembarking. Thank you very much for your interest in this very important foundational uh, episode, uh, part A of business plans that work. Feel free to engage with us by visiting our website www.cometa-goc.com or call us at call center at cometa-goc.com I mean send us an email at that email address or call us at 072-376-7503 if you are calling from South Africa and if you are calling from outside South Africa call us at plus 27-72-376 7503. This was the Cometa Business Show. 
the show that is committed to the business-to-consumer and business-to-business dialogue and conversations. We look forward to have another conversation with you next time, which will be uh, part B of this series on business plans that work. Take care. Thank you for joining us. We hope you follow our podcast on a number of platforms like Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many others that are disputing our episode. Thank you very much and take care.